Hi there, and welcome to Not Succeeding, But Trying. I'm your host, Carlina Zarek, and on this podcast, we talk about the life lessons we've learned, the scars they've created, and those horrible memories we've tried to suppress, but just quite can't. On this week's episode, we talk to the infamous Nathaniel Foster and uh, his important, not super family-friendly life lesson. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to our first official episode of our Life Lessons podcast, where we talk about some important things we wish we'd known, how we learned them, and the scars that we are left with those lessons. Um, our first guest is the wonderful, the talented Nathaniel Frickin' Foster. Um, <laughs> Nate is a playwright, a performer, a dramaturg based in NYC. He's worked with the Kennedy Center, the Public Theater, Pharmacy Theater, and various other new play development centers. He cries in public a lot, but is very good at hiding it. And he can't spell. Um, that is the direct <laughs> biography you sent me. Thank you for that. It's I all you have... need to know, in, in, real, in all honesty. Perfect. Um, I do have a few qualms with it, I have to admit. Mm -hmm. um, number one, you did not mention the theater started together, um, which is only mildly offensive. Dude, and then well, also, that in college. I know, but I'm still so proud. Yes. Um, and my I agree. I'm is, also very proud. <laughs> good. I, it's probably canceled. I don't think it's still a thing anymore. It is still a thing. It does exist, except for they changed the name, but it's okay. Bitches. <laughs> no, they had everybody's <laughs> name. I'm sure. I don't know why they did it, but they did. Uh, I'm not go. stressed. <laughs> Good. It only makes one of us. Um, and then my second qualm with your written biography <laughs> is: no offense, I don't think you're very good at hiding your crying. I've seen you cry. Your eyes are a little puffy, a little red. <laughs> you're such a bitch. No, <laughs> it's not that. It's that that. Okay, I feel like you've seen me cry and have like emotional breakdowns, but I so often have the feeling of crying in public but I just keep the tears inside like I'm just like like something comes over me and I'm like a strong woman and I just keep it inside oh. like Mulan reflection yes. show like there's, got that there's like one single tear but I like lean my head into my hand like and it makes it look I'm you know just like leaning and you can't tell but one solitary tear is allowed to fall but that's it beautiful because like how majestic i have like a bad bitch persona to i'm not i don't have a bad bitch persona i wish i i want a bad bitch I persona <laughs> to like have to like keep up with but the dream I, the dream is a bad we're bitch trying persona. we're trying not succeeding but trying <laughs> um i think that can be said for about every water sign every cancer for sure it's like i want to be a bad bitch i'm not but i want to be um so Nate, you are one of my best friends, and we've known each other for a really, really long time, mm -hmm. like six years almost, and Oh my god, I we're so old. We're so old. I'm so sorry, um, that probably sounded disgusting. I had a drink in my mouth. I'm a what are you drinking? Tell me. Um, I'm drinking White Claw and gin, which is the preferred drink for people who love gin, but also love not remembering what traumas created their core personality traits. That's like <laughs> my go-to. Yeah. Um, it's fun, exciting, and a little bit of an emotional banding. Yeah. It's a grapefruit white claw mixed with gin, so it's like kind no of No fucking way. Yeah. 
It's actually really I'm thinking good. Also, a it knocks you on and Viv right now. Knocks you on your ass. Yes. Oh, look at this. We're connected. Twins. Twins. Um, I will say another great thing about you, Nate, is you are the only bitch I get I can trust to get hammered with me at three o'clock in the afternoon on a cheap oh. midtown happy hour. And we can both kind of find the train home. Oh, 50, 50, 50. I I'll never forget. I remember right after I moved to New York. Um, I God, I'd really lived there like two weeks. Um, we went to a happy hour you took me. It was like a margarita one. And we got fucking hammered. It was like 5 p.m. And then we like <laughs> Sounds stopped like- for some reason. I don't know why. Probably because the happy hour ended. And then we like fucked around because we were drunk. And we like went around the city. And then it was like 8. And I started to sober up. And I was, Ugh. and I remember sitting on the train. And I was like so fucking just like dead and it was the first hungover. time yeah like literally starting to get hungover and it was like 8 p.m i had had like five marks and it was the first time ever that i saw a subway performer and it was a fucking oh, mariachi no. band and i just remember like cupping my hands and my head so hungover and then all of a sudden the subway doors open and a fucking mariachi band comes in and i just was like which which sin which sin did I do that <laughs> brought this one? The karmic punishment for yeah. something. I was like, there are, there's a wide variety to choose from, but I really got to know which one so I don't do it again. Like, and I would say, arguably, mariachi performers are worse than the dancers who almost kick you in the nose. I love a Showtime performer, okay? I think that's only because I um, can, like, I have really good upper body strength, so I can do the little, like, flippy things they do. And so whenever okay. I get drunk... So you join? No, I never. Oh, my God. Um, but when I get drunk, that's like one of my like go-to like drunk bitch things. Is I'm always like, I can do the flips like the Showtime guys, <laughs> and then I do like a backflip. Um, and have you ever? There are so many videos of me doing drunk backflips on the subway. Oh my god! Oh my god! So there's one time I was with uh, I was with my friend, and I was drinking. I'm so sorry. I'm about to out myself as like white fucking trash here but <laughs> i was drinking a strawberita like you know like uh, the bud light strawberitas i love those yes i will not lie i fucking <laughs> love those well carly i have some bad news for you i don't know if you already knew this but <laughs> i was drinking um this like bud light strawberita which is a thick red drink um, sugar gross yeah. and so i'm hammered and i'm on the train and I'm like drunk. And I'm like, I'm a Showtime guy. Watch, I can do this. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm spinning around on the pole. And I take a big ass fucking drink of this strawberry. No. And I spin. And I like fuck my spin up. And I smash my head into like a, like um, one of the like handrails to like hold onto the subway. Yep. And at the same time as I do that, because I just take this big drink, I just spit out this drink. Except for it was a fucking strawberry thing. So it's all this like oh red gum, and it looked like and it was a full fucking train. I was hammered. It was like eight p.m. I had smashed my head, and then I spit all this red shit out, and everybody was like staring at me. And I realized it looked like I had just spit up a fuck ton of blood. Oh my god! And everyone, like everyone on the fucking G, if you were on the G train that day going to Prospect Park, I'm so sorry. I'm. My public apology, so, so, here my, it is. This is my official <laughs> apology. Like, I had my apology written in the notes app of my iPhone in case I ever got, like, canceled. 
But this is my <laughs> official apology. I'm sorry for spitting strawberita all over. Anyone on that uh, Brooklyn bound? Nobody train. got hit with strawberita. Nobody got hit with strawberita. Okay. That's good. Um, Nate, mm-hmm. I miss you so much. Oh, I miss this quarantine has kept us together for far too long. Just far apart. Kept, yeah, kept us apart for far um, too long. Yeah, I said together. That's, That's not it's right. It's okay. Um, so how are you hanging in there with all this? Um, I am, I'm doing okay, I think. Um, and I ran away from New York before everything caught on fire, which is great. Smart. Um, I started dating somebody like two days before quarantine. And so that's been a hot mess. Not a hot mess. It's actually Uh, been delightful. He's wonderful. Um, it probably like makes an interesting relationship. The fact that you started and now you have to do all of that relationship development far apart. Yes. Well, and I lucked out in that he's quarantined by himself. Um, <laughs> that bitch is alone. He's only got me. Um, no, when I because like we went on a date and it was like great. We went on, and like like we had been like we like had been talking. And we went on this date. And it was so wonderful and like you know understand blah blah blah. But um, and then we were supposed to go on a, another date the uh, the day that I decided to flee New York City because I am crazy. Uh, and I woke up on um, one Friday and was like, I have an inkling. It was like the like the 10th of March or something like that. So it was like right before the shit hit the fan. I was like, I have an inkling that the shit is going to hit the fan. And I just booked a plane ticket that day. I and I literally vividly remember I that. I woke up at like 11 a.m. and I was in JFK at four flying to Texas because that's where my parents live. My parents live in Texas. But um, it has been such a weird thing, um, especially because, like, we are, like, we obviously were, like, there's definitely this, like, really, like, palpable connection here, and we, like, want to, like, I guess explore that, but we are being cock-blocked by this quarantine, but no, he's wonderful. Fucking quarantine, And it's just been such a serendipitous little, like, uh, not adventure, but, like, just a... Also, it's nice in a way because, like, we really have just had... It's really forced our hand in getting to know each other. Because we do nothing but talk to each other all day because we have no choice. And you can't do anything talk like yes. you can't not toxic, but like the physical, <laughs> the like yes. hang out with your friends, it's all no, it's all just knowing each other mm-hmm. on a well also on an intimate spiritual way. I feel I like that. you can just learn so much about a person by knowing what they do when they have twenty free hours in their day. <laughs> um that's a very good point. I say is I just spent 14 straight hours playing Animal Crossing. Um, so moving on to what one, one might say, the point. The point? Of this podcast. Oh, wait, there's a point? Oh, gosh. Um, I know. We were just having fun. so much fun. Yeah, you don't want to listen talking. to me just talk to Carly. <laughs> but I have like 80 other things I want to tell you about this boy. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> This podcast is, as you know, about lessons in life and how they shape us and how they affect us. So if you had one life lesson to share with the world, with your child, with whomever, what would that one important life lesson be? Um, this is so I really when you when you like presented this prompt or this question to me, I really thought like long and hard about it. Um Okay. And I feel like I really summed it up into two words. Um, it's going to sound bananas, but it's definitely a lesson that I feel like I've learned in the last couple of weeks and really finding myself in this like really surreal time that I think we all have found ourselves in. But 
all this to say, I think the lesson that I've learned and the advice that I would give, or not advice, I'm not giving you advice, but I'm just like telling a lesson, is that I had to learn a lesson. You can call it advice, same shit. I don't know. Any whoosie whatsies. It's just, I feel like I really boiled it down to um, do coke. (laughs) And look. Okay. Interesting. Here's the thing. It's it it makes sense, okay. She has a point coming to you eventually. Um, and what, what it really boils down to is that I I have an anxiety disorder, which is like a thing that I've I talk about all the time. It's not a big deal. Well, I mean, it is a big deal because my brain is chemically imbalanced, but it's like not a big deal in that I'm not stressed about it. <laughs> Unless I'm okay. really stressed. You you live yeah, with it. You like I, with it, it. It's, it's there. Not a it big exists. deal. Um, but yeah. one facet of that um, anxiety disorder is that I don't usually do drugs because I don't know what's going to happen when I do that. How they're going to affect you. And yeah, okay. like one time I ate a whole pot cookie and I called the cops on myself. It was a really bad time. And ever since then, I've been... That's still my favorite <laughs> edible story of all time. But ever since then, I've been really, really wary um, of doing drugs. And I remember um, I got here when I got into quarantine with my mother... And I, I'd been living in living in it for a week or two. I remember sitting down and being like, I have never done cocaine. Um, mostly, which I still haven't, which is ironic that my like life lesson is do coke. Um, but But it's okay. Um, I was like, I've never done cocaine because, and this is how my like crazy brain works, is when I think about cocaine, I'm always like, I always think about like celebrities that have died doing cocaine. Um, and I'm like, Fair. look, bitch, if Mac Miller or, like, Demi Lovato can't get good coke, how is, like, Ryan, who's working the fucking third stall over at the gay club in Hell's Kitchen, how is he going to get good coke? Like, that's always where my brain clicks. How is he holding on the good shit? Um, and, I, and, okay. and I just remember, like, b- having this moment of, like, this is, like, a really weird thing, but, like, having this moment of real sadness in which I was, like, do, like, I have never gotten to experience this thing, which, I mean, to be fair, it's not like doing cocaine is this huge deal. It's more metaphorical, but uh, I had never gotten to experience this thing. And I had, you know, obviously I live in New York City. I work in a restaurant. I'm a homosexual. People do, around me do cocaine. Um, <laughs> it's a big, it's a big part people of the, the culture, one might say. Um, and I was just <laughs> like, I remember being like, there was this one thing that was like, if I died today, um, I would die like never having done cocaine and I remember being like that sucks like and, and never having done cocaine not because I'm morally against cocaine or because there's like a real reason I shouldn't do cocaine like there's a history of addiction in my family or there's this or there's that but just because I allowed myself to kind of fester and be so scared of, of this thing and then huh. I really sat down for a minute and I had to evaluate like how many things in my life have I how many moments how many opportunities have I missed because I allowed myself to fester and to give in to the fear and these like crazy negative thoughts that my my mind allows like creates and I just remember being yeah okay and I just remember being like that's so insane like I've missed out on like a lot of shit that I wanted to do or that I would have wanted to do and things I would have wanted to experience and feel and all because 
my in my brain, I'm like keeping myself safe, I guess. And then I really started thinking about, and so then I got into this really big deep dive. And I feel like this is like really specific. <laughs> As you do. To people who have anxiety. <laughs> but I promise that like you can really just apply this to your whole life. Um, even if your brain is chemically okay. balanced. And if your brain is chemically balanced, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, I don't know them. I, I never met her. her. I, her. I, I could her. see this man walking down the street, wouldn't know who the fuck he was. <laughs> <laughs> You have you wait. You're not saying you are saying. I don't. I, don't, I, I never don't met her in my like, life. That sounds but, real boring. Um, it was that <laughs> I, I so I really started doing this deep dive into um, what it. Yeah, well, not psyche. psyche, but to, into these experiences, into these moments that were still fun because, like, I still would always go out with my friends. I would still always be there. I just there were like little things that I wouldn't yeah. do. I would never. I would always make sure that I didn't get too drunk or that I didn't do this, and I was always like putting limitations on myself because that's what I did to try to make myself feel safe. Um, and I, and so then I started thinking about times in which I didn't do that, in which I ignored myself. Um, and I always ended up, yeah. the way that I always describe it is when I, when I ignore myself is that it's like when you're on a roller coaster and you get to the top and you know how like the first two seconds of the big drop you're like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I want to die. <laughs> I should. Yeah. I shouldn't have done and that. Then, this and, was a and, and then, and this then, was then a all of a sudden, it passes, and it's so fun. And then you forget that you were terrified of that. Like that's what happens to me so often. Like I do something, and then I realize that I had created all of these fictitious narratives around it, and I really held myself back from doing it because I was so afraid, and I shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that was, I guess that was, you know, the overarching life lesson that I had to learn was that I really need to find a way to ensure in my life that I'm not allowing fear and negative thoughts and to keep me from experiencing life in a way that's like, probably, like, I mean, like, I think about this in that every single time that I haven't done, I know, I know we're coming back to this cocaine thing and I don't want this to be like this is not a pro I like I remember I, I, I you know and I had this like really this one moment where I thought back to all the times that you know I was at parties and I wanted to you know party I wanted to understand I wanted to experience these things especially when I was younger um and I didn't I didn't allow myself to do that um and ain't not one of those bitches died ain't not a single one of those bitches died and I you know, would not have died if I would have just done a single line of cocaine, you know, experience it just to understand, just to be able to yeah. be like, that's something I tried. I, it was kind of this like revelation that I came to. Um, was there any like specific one thing that the Corona virus itself, but was there any other like specific instances where that really hit home that like maybe you let fear take over mm-hmm. And ruin these life experience opportunities I think, for you? Well, I mean, obviously, the, the cocaine one was a really big one. And I think just, I mean, just in general, I think that there's so much that I feel like I would have said yes to and that I would have done if I wasn't so damn spooked all the fucking time. Um, and I think that it became more about, I think it came less about like, the, this overarching idea of like life experiences and cocaine and it became more about how am I letting 
these like negative thoughts impact and heed my life? Like, what is the life that I, you know, I often, I often actually think this in uh, like a really weird way as I sit around and I think, what is the life that I would live if I woke up tomorrow and my brain was normal? Like, you know, yeah, that's a very, like, I think that's a very important question for anyone who does. Have yeah, to exactly. Is like, what would your life look out if this wasn't a factor? In your exactly. Um, and I think that, like, what would I have experienced or what would I have said yes to? What would I have said no to? You know, you know, what would I have done more of? What would like I, you what? Know? In like, exactly. in like every, I mean, in, I mean, in every aspect, like, obviously, in like partying and like living my life, but I mean, just in, in everything, in all the different experiences that I've had, it, you know, it goes over profound. So my follow-up question to that would then be, um, what choices would you have made different? Like how would your life be Mm -hmm. different today? If you knew this lesson, not to let fear hinder your value of experience and not to stop Mm -hmm. you from experience. Like, do you, how do you think your life would be different? I don't you now, I don't think that it would be ginormously different, which is wild. Um, But that's okay. That's fine. I think that it would be. I think that it would be freer. I think it would be funner. I think that I would have to. I think though, I feel like I would have less plays to write because I often write plays in which people do the things I wish I could do without like losing my whole goddamn mind. Um, Which is why, like. Yes, you live vicariously people get, like people get mate plays, and there's like, there's no way you're not a whore who does tons of drugs. And I'm like, no, my plays are just about whores who do tons of drugs because that's what I wish I could be, but I can't because I cry too much. <laughs> I feel like I would have more life experiences, and I have a lot. Like, I'm not sad about my life. I think that it would just be a freer life, and I don't know. I think it'd just be more fun. Also, I would have done cocaine. Um. Uh, I would have. Would have Maybe I'll cocaine. do cocaine when I get back to New York. Who knows? There's a lot of it in New York. What can I say? Actually, life lesson I've learned as an adult, mm-hmm. most people do cocaine. I wish I would have done cocaine. Or, like, I wish I would have done cocaine when I was 21. Because now I'm 24, which is not that old. I have to keep telling myself. It's not like, I feel older. weird being like, I'm 24 and I haven't had cocaine. Not because I, I don't want to. Which is totally valid. Like, if you're like, damn, you know what doesn't sound appealing to me? Doing drugs. Like, that's so valid. And not because I can't. Yeah. Like, respect that lifestyle. But literally just because my brain has been like, maybe if you do coke, you die? What about that? Question mark? Did you you stop to think that you could die? Um. Which, valid. But not I I do not. Mostly it was... Mostly in my picking do cocaine as my life lesson, I was picking, championing this idea that you should kind of like set yourself free from fear and negative thoughts and also do cocaine. I love that. What a kind of quasi wholesome message. Yes. And if you do cocaine, <laughs> please invite me because I can't afford it. <laughs> because we are all yes. do you want to know jobless. just like a fun little button at the end my worst cocaine story because i have a coke story okay i have a coke I'm story trepidatious. even though i've never done coke <laughs> uh, i was at a bar in brooklyn okay. called the rosemont oh mwah, i miss her but um anyway so it's a bar in brooklyn called the rosemont <laughs> and they they only have two bathrooms in this bar and really really long line 
to um to the bathroom. And so I was in line in the bathroom. Okay. Um, and there's this woman behind me, and it's like chill, whatever. We wait for like five or ten minutes, and I walk into the single stall bathroom. It's like a single, like just a door. It's not even a stall. Stall is a bad word to like describe it. And she pushes the door open and comes in too and like closes it behind us. And I'm like, what is happening? This is a gay bar. Okay. So I'm like, this woman is not trying to sleep with me. I don't know (laughs) what's going on. And she is blacked. It's like 11 PM too. Like, Ooh, somebody did sister Christian wrong. She's hammered. Yeah. It is too Um, early for this behavior, man. It's okay. You just pee. I'm not going to pee. I don't need to pee. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm a little, a little intoxicated at this point in time. So I'm like, honest to God, I could, I could pee with her in the room. And I think that, and I really was like, it would take so much more work to get this woman out of the room than to just piss. And so I, yeah. So I'm peeing, the drunk bitch. And all of a sudden I hear like, pat, 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 fuck, 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 pat, fuck. And I'm like, what is happening? Oh, my God. And then she goes, fuck, I forgot my keys. Um, and I'm peeing. And literally, oh, like, dick in one hand, grab my keys out of my pocket. Okay. And I give them to this woman. Without turning around, I literally oh hold them God. behind me. And I'm like, here. Like a mom, like, giving your kid a fucking, like, French fry in the backseat. You I'm are like, a Just saint. do your fucking you fries, are a please. Saint. So that I can, like, so we can both, like, put this behind us. So she does her key bump, and I finish peeing, and we turn to leave the bathroom at the same time, and she gives me my keys back and doesn't offer me any Coke. What? Like, I don't, the I nerve. would have said no. I the nerve. Offer. After but putting you me through offer. all of that. That's what I thought would happen if she, like, forced her way in while you're peeing. She did a key would bump. You- she That's did a key. She, no, she you're forced her. She did a key bump off of my keys. I had to loan her my keys for her key bump. That makes me so mad. That is just have etiquette. Yes. is another yes. big part the, of it. The two lessons are do coke <laughs> before you do coke. Watch a YouTube video on cocaine doing etiquette. <laughs> do, don't be, be a, a nice do coke. Don't be a dick. It. Put that on a fucking Jesus. t-shirt. Nate, my love. Thank, thank you, you for so giving me an excuse to get drunk and not feel on like our an alcoholic. First little adventure. Thank you so much. I love you. Yes. I Bye. Will. Thank you so much. Well, folks, that's our episode this week. Thank you so much for listening. And before we go, another huge, huge thank you to Nate for not only being our first guest on our first episode of this groundbreaking podcast, but also for being the technical wizard who designed all of our social media posters and the social media poster to my heart. I love you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. And remember, do cocaine, metaphorically speaking.